there was this full-faced woman neatly tucked into an old-fashioned nun's habit. She had a distorted face. It looked like she had had a stroke and she had a patch over one eye. And I just thought that she was hilarious. You've reached the CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. Welcome to CNA Newsroom. Hey guys, welcome to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you great stories and the Catholic news that matters each week. I'm your host and CNA's editor-in-chief, J.D. Flynn. Guys, this week we're going to talk about a significant figure in the history of Catholicism in America because we'll be talking about Mother Angelica, the founders of EWTN, the global media network that includes Catholic News Agency. Mother Angelica died three years ago this week. Guys, if you're anything like me, you probably don't know very much about Mother Angelica. Even though I've spent my entire adult life working in the Catholic Church, it wasn't until I came to work at her network that I learned anything about Mother Angelica. And that's too bad, because she's pretty awesome. This week, we spoke with some of our colleagues who have been directly impacted by Mother Angelica. You'll hear them in the first part of our program. But after that, stick around, because in the second half of our show, we'll talk with a guy who has an incredible conversion story, and he'll tell us how the lady he calls the pirate nun changed his life. You don't want to miss the story of the pirate nun. Stay with us. Here's Catherine Hadro, the host of one of EWTN's newest shows, Pro-Life Weekly. She is such a pioneer in the Catholic media world. I mean, she is what made Catholic television exist in the first place. And just even thinking about, she launched EWTN when cable was still in its infancy, right around the same time that CNN was launching an MTV, and here is EWTN. And I had been watching her since I was a little girl, actually. Some of my favorite memories are sitting on the couch next to my mother and my grandmother and watching Mother Angelica laughing along with her at her jokes and just her really direct commentary. And reflecting on that, Mother had such a gift about making others want to be holy. I really think that because her relationship with Christ was so personal and so passionate. It just, it made me want to have a closer relationship with Christ. Her fruit came from prayer, and her fruit came from her relationship with Christ. And so first and foremost, it's a reminder that prayer needs to be at the center of my work, particularly working at EWTN. Also with Mother, I mean, she's known for kind of what's been called her yelling theology and just saying it how it is and being direct and not being afraid of confrontation. And if you notice, there's Catholic bashing everywhere you go. They'll have a whole program about nuns who have gone astray. They're hungry for freedom. Why freedom? I got more freedom than all you have. I belong to the Lord God. I'm a spouse of Christ. Well, what can you give me? A car? Keep it. (laughs) I have to say, that's not my personality. And so sometimes I get a little insecure and I'm thinking, okay, It's an honor to work at EWTN, and I want to carry on Mother's mission and Mother's voice, but I'm not like Mother. And so in thinking about that, I think it's important for all of us who are working at EWTN to think of we're not supposed to imitate and be just like Mother and her 
nature of speaking and talking necessarily. We have to be who Christ wants us to be completely. I mean, I think the reason we love Mother Angelica is because she was 100% Mother Angelica. So it's we are all having to be called to be 100% who we are called to be, who we are. Um, So that's another way that she inspires me. I also try and imitate her and how she was fearless and speaking boldly. And in putting together the show, maybe I'll turn on EWTN and there are reruns of Mother Angelica Live frequently playing on the network. Or there are countless clips on YouTube where you can watch old shows of Mother Angelica. And I turn to her frequently for inspiration. And like, wow, yeah, she she was bold and speaking on the issue of life in particular, definitely, and fearless in that. Did you have any idea when you, you know, were watching Mother Angelica and laughing and just watching this total firecracker of a nun on television um, as a child, did you have any idea that maybe one day you would end up on the same network? I mean, behind the same cameras. I know they're newer now, but (laughs) but you're doing very similar work. It's I never could have fathomed it. I never could have fathomed it or dreamed it. I never could have even dreamt of that while I was in college because working at EWTN News in Washington, D.C., that didn't, it didn't exist until as I was graduating college. So I didn't even know it was a dream job I could dream because it didn't even exist. So it's been, I've been up here in D.C. now for almost six years and to see its growth has been phenomenal. And I have to say, um, When I was in fifth grade, that was around the time that Mother Angelica had a very debilitating stroke. And I have this memory of my mother very clearly telling me, she really needs our prayers right now. You need to pray for her. So I went back to my Catholic elementary school, and every day in my homeroom, when it was time for prayer, I'd ask for the class to pray for Mother Angelica. And I did that consistently throughout fifth grade. And um, I had forgotten that memory. It was just a very small random memory until I was hired. And then when I was hired six years ago, I, I recalled that. And I just got the chills of thinking I had been praying for Mother Angelica and her mission for years since I was a little girl. And now I just am praying. Now my prayer is I'm just praying that I can use my gifts to continue to advance her mission. I was thinking about it, you know, I never met her, but I miss her. And I think a lot of people share that sentiment. Mother had this, in watching her shows, this gift of looking at the camera and you felt like she was talking to you. She reached into so many homes and, you know, we still get these emails and letters of people saying how she saved their life. Maybe they were going through a really tough time, but to see her calling them, that person in that living room to holiness, um, that's life-changing. Jonah McKeown spoke with Debbie Cowden, who is a social media coordinator at EWTN. I don't remember a specific day or a year even where I became familiar with Mother Angelica, but I was raised Catholic. My mom is a very faithful Catholic. And I have I have memories of coming home from school and EWTN would be on or my mom would be talking about Mother Angelica said this or uh, referencing something that she had seen on EWTN. So really, EWTN was a huge part of me growing up, even though I didn't fully understand the impact that Mother Angelica was having on the world then and the impact that she would have in the future. Just a little nun who didn't have any knowledge of TV 
not only started her own TV network, but that it grew so that it became a global network. I started going into television and I didn't realize at the time that my Catholic faith would be so important to me when I was studying television, but it's through that avenue that I became even better acquainted with EWTN. And then I ended up getting a job at EWTN. And so that's when mother really, really started to have an impact on my life. Um, I thought that I was going into television just for me so that I could be famous, so I could be well-known. But through Mother Angelica, I learned that the most important thing that you can do in your career or in your vocation is to bring people to Jesus. And so once I stopped making my career about myself and started making it more about Jesus, then that's when I think I felt the most fulfilled in my career. And one of the things that I really, really love about mother is that she always told it like it is. She never pulled any punches. She was never trying to mince words or, or trying not to hurt anybody's feelings. She wanted to let people know that Jesus is real, that hell is real, that Jesus doesn't like when people abuse his church. Jesus doesn't like when people blaspheme against his mother. And so I really draw a lot of courage in my own faith from Mother Angelica because she always spoke the truth. And so that's one of the reasons why I just really feel empowered, if you will, by walking in Mother Angelica's footsteps because she was such a fierce defender of our faith and just a great evangelizer too. For kind of the this generation of young people that uh, you and I are both part of, um, what do you think that young people can learn from and appreciate from Mother Angelica, uh, you know, for those people who, who may not have encountered her work or may not have even heard of her before? You know, now, nowadays when I talk to people about EWTN and I say I work for EWTN, the first response that I get usually is, oh, my mom watches EWTN or my grandma watches EWTN. And it's not often, oh, I love EWTN. But I think young people need to remember that that EWTN is faithful to the teachings of the church magisterium and that in the same way the church's teachings are timeless, the faith that we profess on EWTN is timeless too. And I think people of every age will be able to enjoy Mother Angelica and to learn from her. Um, I mean, my my child is almost three years old. And ever since she was about a year and a half, uh, we've been watching the rosary with Mother Angelica on YouTube and praying the rosary with Mother Angelica. And even she has a preference for praying with Mother Angelica. She's already starting to experience the faith alongside Mother. And I think that's something that even young people can start to do as well. Um, even though the Mother Angelica shows are not the highest TV quality. They're still in SD four by three. They're not, they're not the widescreen. They don't have flashy effects. And but I always want people to remember that what Mother Angelica has to say is relevant to your life. You just have to listen. If you've never had a chance to watch Mother Angelica live classics or the best of Mother Angelica, or if you've never gotten to pray the rosary with Mother Angelica, no matter what age you are, do it because she will be speaking to you and she will draw you closer to Jesus, which was her goal all along. 
she'll really have an impact on your life if you just open the door. Jonah also spoke with CNA's pal, Father John Paul Mary, who is a member of the community Mother Angelica founded in 1987, the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word. He's also chaplain of EWTN's employees, which means he's heard my confession. Here's Father John Paul. I really didn't start listening uh, to Mother Angelica, her programming, the live shows, and start reading her writings until I entered a religious life. She founded our community in 1987, uh, the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, uh, about six years after EWTN was founded. I didn't really grow up watching EWTN. We didn't have cable, uh, at least cable that had EWTN, so I didn't grow up watching EWTN like some people. When I came, it was after Mother Angelica had had her strokes. So I got to know the silent Mother Angelica. I never had that type of relationship with her where I sat down and talked like I am with you now. My interaction with her was after her strokes, so there was a lot of silence. But I, I, I tell you what, when there's a lot that can be communicated in silence. When I would just hold her hand and look into her eyes, there were some times where she literally would not stop looking at me and like, I would go to take my hand away, and then she would grab it again. <laughs> I, I, and I have those memories of those very um, personal encounters with her where I don't know if she was reading my soul. I hope not. <laughs> I definitely ha- felt that connection with her. In the early years of formation, we're watching constantly the, the live shows of our foundress, and, and you get a sense of who she is by watching her Uh, live shows and reading her writings. It's really interesting. And even now people say that when they watch Mother Angelica, um, some people don't even know that she has passed on to eternal life. The power that the media has, um, that uh, people watch her live shows and, and people are still coming to faith through this woman. So, so Father, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, as a, as a younger priest yourself and, and someone who, you know, didn't grow up necessarily watching Mother Angelica or being very aware of her, for people of my generation, kind of the millennials, if you will, you know, what do you think Mother Angelica's work can still bring to people of, of a younger uh, generation who may not have encountered her before? As a matter of fact, there's many instances where young people nowadays, and I can tell you stories of how young people are still being affected by uh, Mother Angelica's witness and her teachings. And here, here's just one little line that I love from her. Those who tell the truth love you. Those who tell you what you want to hear love themselves. Mother told the truth. And that's why I think so many people are drawn to her because we live in a world that is so, uh, can be ambiguous. We listen to Mother Angelica and we read her writings. I mean, just uh, the clarity of her thought and her teaching. The reason why Mother Angelica had so much to say on television was because she spent so much time in silence. Everything, all of her teaching, her live shows, everything that she did in the network flowed from her 
encounter with, with Jesus Christ in the Most Blessed Sacrament in the chapel. But someone like Mother teaches us that we need to have a strong contemplative life. And I think that's something that she can teach our culture, young people especially, about contemplation, the need uh, for silence, the need to be unplugged, so to speak. And she's that grandmotherly figure. We all, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, my grandparents are passed on to eternal life, and they played such a, a huge role in my life. I feel like Mother Angelica, she, she's still like that grandmotherly figure that, that will tell you the truth no matter how hard it is. <laughs> I think that's why so many people are attracted to her is because they know it's coming from love. Okay, guys, as promised, we're going to close this episode with the story of Paul Darrow, who spoke with our producer, Kate Vike this week. Here's Paul. I was a, what I consider a good Catholic kid against all odds. My father was an atheist, and my mother only went to church because her mother was a devout Catholic. And my father told my mother, you know, someday these kids are going to get married, and their fiancé is going to say, what religion are you? I don't want them to say they don't have a religion, so I want you to bring them to church. And it was only <laughs> for the reason that that atheist said that, that um, I went to church every Sunday with my mom and my brother. I loved God. I was in awe about certain things that I heard about Jesus and was confirmed. And then everything changed when puberty set in, I guess. I, I became very self-indulgent. And it was because of my attraction to men. And I had been um, sexually molested uh, three times before I was 10 years old. And I never had anger or bitterness towards anyone for that. But it set me on a different path. And then um, one thing led to another. And by the time I was 15, I found myself on a gay beach and um, just took off with the gay lifestyle. It just seemed so natural. It was something that felt good, that gave me validation. I uh, felt that I had very little to no love at home. My father was very violent. It's a, it's a big, long story, but I was given away at birth. I didn't realize that I was adopted until I was almost 30. So it was a very difficult life between my earliest memory and when I left for college were the most difficult times in my life, only because of my home life. But I felt very fortunate to suddenly be thrust into a situation where people were validating my being, especially men. And so I just jumped into the lifestyle without ever looking back. Soon, Paul moved from his childhood home of Pennsylvania, 200 miles east, to New York City. I could be anonymous there. I wouldn't need to worry about what my friends or extended family would think. And so I just lost myself in the big city. I became an international fashion model, and I had the whole world opened. It seemed, it seemed like the whole world, every opportunity, every opportunity in the world just opened up to me. There was little reason, if any, to look back towards spirituality or towards God, and definitely not towards the Catholic Church. But then Paul's friends started getting sick, and they started dying. I was in New York City during the AIDS epidemic, and I would say 
easily 90 plus percent of every friend of mine, everyone whom I knew to be living the same lifestyle that I was, was dying or had died. I had a lover at the time, and he, um, although he was only in the gay lifestyle for a few years and only in his 20s, he was one of the first 900 people in the entire United States to be diagnosed with AIDS. And after enduring very painful, shameful months of lingering and hiding in our apartment, he died a terrible death. I just needed to get away. And um, I moved to San Francisco. And people say, well, why would you ever move to San Francisco? You know, the AIDS epidemic is very strong there as well. I said, yes, but I don't know these people. And so I felt like it was a, a new world. Every time somebody died, it didn't affect me personally because I didn't know them. In California, Paul began to rebuild his life. He met a new partner, they built a home together, combined their bank accounts, and started a business together. After all the pain and heartache he had experienced back in New York, life for Paul in California was good. But then came the day that changed everything. We had a getaway in Southern California that we rarely got to visit because we were both workaholics and we really focused on our business and on going out and partying. And so I was in Southern California at, at our getaway. And one day I was in the bedroom uh, after a long, hard night of partying. And so I would come home, it would be daylight, I'd be wide awake. And so I usually just channel surf and, and try to find something interesting because I couldn't go to sleep and I couldn't really focus on too much. And I came across this image on the television screen. And it just was so funny. It was, it was so foreign to me. There was this full-faced woman neatly tucked into an old-fashioned nun's habit. She had a distorted face. It looked like she had had a stroke. And she had a patch over one eye. And I just thought, that she was hilarious. I had never seen this woman before in my life or this image before in my life. And so we laughed and he said, oh, you Catholics, even though I wasn't a Catholic, but he knew that was my background. And I remember saying something like, oh, you know, this, she's just like those old mean nuns. Although I'd never met a nun who was mean, <laughs> but, but uh, she was one if there was one. <laughs> if there were one. And so um, so we laughed and laughed and he left the room. And then as I was about to switch channels, she said something that was so profound and so moving that it literally jolted me. And it was like, it just went right to my heart. Paul says he doesn't remember exactly what Mother Angelica said that day. He remembers she said something about God and about friendship. Perhaps it was something like this. You see, God created you and I to be happy in this life and the next. He cares for you. He watches your every move. There's no one that loves you can do that. 
I started listening to her and watching her. After a while, I, I started to realize that I had never heard her say one single thing. I had never heard Mother Angelica say one thing that I didn't agree with, which was pretty shocking considering my lifestyle and considering I was coming home from bars and bathhouses and all sorts of places when I would come across her. How could it be that I couldn't disagree with the Catholic nun when I hated Catholicism and God, actually? Somehow in my heart, I, I knew that she, she understood and she spoke the truth. I always thought that spiritual truth was just somebody's vague, undefinable theory. But Mother Angelica really taught me that, that spiritual truth really exists and that prayers are really answered. And although I started out by laughing at her, I started to fall in love with her like I did with my grandmother, who was who had the most influence on me when it came to my faith when I was a child. But we all want to be loved special and exclusively. And you are by God. You are by God loved special. Most people, you know, are a little bit put off because they think she's so serious and 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 looks like she's so stern and so inflexible. But her inflexibility is is because she's so aligned with truth. She's very funny. She has an incredible sense of humor. She has a beautiful, hearty laugh. She is so real. Well, we had a kind of um, a, a, a mixed joy today. Um, <laughs> the Holy Father approved altar girls, and the liberals are so excited because it came from the Vatican. It's the first time they've been obedient for 30 years. <laughs> Paul said he would watch Mother Angelica in secret. When his partner would come into the room, he would quickly change the channel. He told nobody about the nun on the TV and the impact she was having on his life. He told nobody for six months. I hit her for quite a while. But while he watched and listened to Mother Angelica in secret, Paul's heart was changing. In discovering Mother Angelica, Paul says he rediscovered God and the truth of the Catholic Church. I would even drive like 20 miles, 25 miles to go to a church that wasn't in my little town so that no one would see me sneaking into a Catholic church. It seems like I'm always on the wrong side of the stick. I remember when I used to sneak into gay bars when, when I was a teenager and I still living in Pennsylvania or at college. Well, it was the same thing when I, was, when I decided to become a Catholic. And I knew there was no turning back. I just fell in love with the church and with Mother Angelica. Little by little, Paul began to tell people. He started by telling his partner that the so-called pirate nun they had made fun of so many months ago was actually having an impact on Paul. He began telling his friends and then clients of his real estate business. And because I was living in a gay resort town, I was surrounded by people who would think that I was a freak for thinking the way, literally, they would say freak if they knew, and some people did. The reaction was so obnoxious that I really stopped telling people. I remember one woman who was one of my very best friends, and, um, and she said, you're Catholic. 
no, don't tell me you're against abortion. She said, I can never be your friend again. Despite pushback and rejection, Paul continued to learn more about the Catholic faith. He joined a parish. With time, he began to take great pride and ownership of his new life. If you're my friend, I mean, if I communicate with you, I'm probably going to bring up the word God in a conversation. Thanks to Mother Angelica. Since his conversion eight years ago, Paul has been living a completely chaste life. And he has dedicated his life to sharing his story and to promoting church teaching on chastity. He says he will also never stop sharing about his love for Mother Angelica. I've never been happier in my entire life. I've never felt more loved in my entire life. And even though I had been with hundreds and then thousands of men, I never felt the love that I feel now, as I said. It's just amazing. And it's all thanks to Mother Angelica and God, of course. <laughs> but Mother Angelica was the, was the one that really, really blasted that door wide open. There was no resistance when I came across Mother Angelica. I think once, once I fell in love with Mother Angelica, and, and, and the next step, of course, once I fell in love with Jesus and the Catholic Church, I felt like, as I look back in my life, everything happened for a reason. I think I actually heard it on, on EWTN. Somebody said, you know, by doing all of the wrong things, we come to realize that the Catholic Church is correct. We didn't have time to run it on this episode. I wish we had time to hear much, much more of Paul's story. But one thing we did want to mention is that he did meet with Mother Angelica, and he said it was one of the most powerful experiences of his life because of the way that she had helped him um, to come to know Jesus Christ and to find freedom in the church. So that's the story of Paul Darrow and the story of the pirate nun who helped transform his life. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, J.D. Flynn. We're produced and edited by Kate Vike and Jonah McKeown. Our executive producer is Kate Vike. Special thanks this week to all our guests on today's episode. And of course, to our girl mother, Angelica. See you next week. <laughs>